Hey everyone, it is WDW Happy Hour here. I am Catherine. I am joined at the table for episode number 44 with Rob. Hello. Holly. Hi. Scott. Hello. And Matt. Greets. Greets for sheets. <laughs> is that a greeting? <laughs> You're just trying to mix it up. What's up? What's up? Okay. okay. Uh, so this episode is going to be a trip review. We, the five of us just got back from a long weekend in Walt Disney World. We have some runners in our midst, so we're going to talk about all of the things that we did this weekend. Um, but like we start every episode, we're going to top it off with a drink from a Disney location. And actually, I'm going to be topping it off this week. Um, you are. Yeah. You had to mix it up. Let's get to it. You're Throw mixed. it over to Catherine Throw for it to topping me. it off. <laughs> um, so hopefully you are all, all of you, are subscribed to our YouTube channel. So that's my first plug. Um, and if you are, you may know the preview of the drink I'm about to choose, which is the wine slushy from Amaret's Patisserie in Disney Springs. Um, Holly, myself, and our friend Nikki all tried the wine slushy when we were down for our long trip at the beginning of October, and I liked it so much, I went back for more this past weekend. That drink's so nice, you had it twice. <laughs> yep, that's right. Um, so the wine slushie is $8 at Amaret's Patisserie. Um, it comes in two flavors, which is mango moscato and strawberry Shiraz. Uh, they also have an option... I don't know if it's advertised. I don't think it is, actually. But you can mix the two, and that is my favorite option because I think it really offsets the super sweet strawberry with, like, the more, like, mellow mango. <laughs> I didn't even try that. Um, but it's really delicious. Uh, it doesn't seem really strong, but the day that Holly and Nikki and I tried it, it was, like, a freaking hot, hot day, and that was delicious. It's like a slushy, and it is... My only knock on this drink is that it doesn't seem very strong at all. So, like, you're not going to, like, feel this after one. So, it is an ideal, like, day drinking drink of when you're walking around Disney Springs. And not So, what you're saying is it not just doesn't taste strong. It is, in fact, not very strong, right? I don't believe it is. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those, like, surprise drinks where you're like, this doesn't have any alcohol in it. And then you stand up. No, right. Maybe a nice after-lunch drink. That's what I would do because it is a little heavy. Like, there definitely are very strong flavors in it. So, I mean, I wouldn't drink this and go right to a big meal like at Homecoming or Splitsville <laughs> like I did each time I had this slushy. But I think if I was just perusing the shops, I would, I would get this and uh, just walk around because it has a lid and you can just... It's like Vegas down there. So that is what I would do, and <laughs> you should try it. It's delicious. Nice. Yeah. So. I'm not a wine fan, and of what I tasted, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, I think it's I finished really like half of Nikki's, and it was, it was fine. Yeah. And I hate wine. Like I. Yeah, it doesn't have a very whiny wine. uh, taste. Like I think the. I think the strawberry flavor has a more wine taste than the mango flavor. Mango flavor. I felt like I didn't taste that much wine when I had the strawberry. Okay. The strawberry sweet, it was sweet though. Yeah. yeah, it's more like a strawberry daiquiri with that like little aftertaste of wine. Um, but yeah, it's not like super. It's it just kind of tastes like any sort of slushy drink that you get out of one of those machines. I if you're not a wine drinker, but you're like adventurous enough to try it, I would say go for it because it's really good. So anyway, all right. So now Rob is going to start us with the news. Rob, all right. We have so we'll, we'll do this like a pulling off a bandaid. So the first thing is Pixar. We have details on Pixar Pier at Disney California Adventure. So they're going to have four themed neighborhoods based on some of the movies. So the first part is uh, The Incredibles and they're going to rebrand California Screaming to The Incredicoaster. So it's going down January 8th and they're going to have a new loading area, new character moments, whatever that means, and a new look for the ride vehicles. Before we go too far into the other things, how do we all feel collectively about the rebranding? I know that Rob and I love California Screaming, and um, 
some have not wrote it or like not super crazy about it. So how do you, Rob, how do you feel about it? I, I, uh, I'm not one of these like Disney, like Purist. leave it. Yeah. Purists or like leave it as a museum and don't touch anything. Um, so I, I'm okay with it. Um, I like that. I genuinely like, I know people somewhat com- complain about that area of the park and how it feels like, it's like for us, like a New Jersey seaside uh, town, but I, I I actually like it over that way. But what about they, the theming itself of of California Screaming? Like, how do you like? There is no for theme. Me, to it's there. not that it's like not like so like the only thing that I think that's really cool about it is the music as it's set. Like as you're riding the ride, I, I love how the music evolves. As you're riding it, like I like the part when you're like going up that steep incline about halfway through, and it does that like that like climb. Like it's a really cool musical piece, but like I'm sure that the music for the Incredicoaster is going to be great too. Like I, this is one of those that I'm like, I guess I shouldn't be surprised at the ire that it draws from the internet. Like, but, like, I can't imagine people are as attached to the theming of California Screaming as, say, a Tower of Terror. You know, like, Correct. I can't see people, like, chaining themselves to the <laughs> California Screaming. Like, it can't I think change. most people are probably looking forward to this. Um, I don't think, like, the, the roller coaster itself, like, the nuts and bolts to it won't change. Just, like, Correct. the appearance and the theming, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. As long as they don't change how the roller coaster operates like well they're not that's yeah. that's for sure not happening yeah it's just gonna they're just gonna change like what it looks no like no more neil facade. patrick harris oh yep all oh, right see so, the announcer on that yeah yes yeah, so, so it just says the next neighborhood's gonna be toy story anchored by toy story mania it that that's all it's literally one sentence in the, oh. in the release uh inside out will be a neighborhood hmm, that'd be cool yeah, but it, again, it doesn't. It, it's going to have a new family-friendly attraction scheduled to open at a later date. <laughs> so take that for whatever it's worth. It's like a player to be named later yeah. in Major League Baseball. <laughs> and then the fourth neighborhood will be a celebration of many f- favorite Pixar stories. So Mickey's Fun Wheel, I don't know if they're going to rename it, but each of the 24 gondolas is going to feature a different Pixar character. And the iconic face of Mickey Mouse will remain on the Paradise Bay side of the wheel. Hmm. So is that, I don't know, side? It's the side, like... Facing the street, essentially. No. It's the side that you can see... See, Right, from inside the park. During World of Color. Oh, I thought they were going to say the other part. Like, the part on the other (laughs) side. Like, like, oh, sweet. (laughs) Um, So I thought Paradise Pier was the whole thing surrounding the water. It sounds like it's going to end... At that point, like Mickey's phone wheel, because it says the remaining areas of the land uh, that still par- is now Paradise Pier will become a new land called Paradise Park. And that so includes, that looks like Goofy Sky School. Yeah, that includes Silly Symphony Swings, Jumpin' Jellyfish, Goofy Sky School, Golden Zephyr, and The Little Mermaid, the Ariel's Underwater Adventure. So that's going to be Paradise Park. So none of that's going to be read. Huh, okay. Rebranded. It's just that that stretch from when you go over the bridge, which right. brings us to the the worst part of this. <laughs> yes. So, as part of this, um, Ariel's Grotto Restaurant and the Cove Bar will be transformed into a new lounge and grill. Yep. Yep. Discussion. Hmm, just freaking kill me. Yeah, we're just sad to see it go. I mean, as much as we want to say, like, it's not a museum, but the the thing about this, if I could just speak in broad terms, is that, like, did any of us really think, if you were making a list of things that Disney needed to retouch or or add a, a spark of something new to, would Paradise Pier even have been in your top ten? No. Like, it just seems, un- like, the whole overhaul seems like an unnecessary um, dedication of time and resources to other things that could have been done. Especially in light of all the work that's being done already building new lands um, for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and the Toy Story Land in, in Hollywood Studios. So it just seems like, it just seems unnecessary. And then to add insult to injury, 
you're taking away one of our favorites, if not our favorite spots to hang out, drink, and, and eat lobster nachos. So it's it's a tough blow. As much as we're advocates for things that are like, it's not a museum, it doesn't have to stay the same, it needs to be evolving, but this one's, this one's tough for us. I think part of the issue is that not everything has to have a Mickey face slapped on it in order for it to be Disney, which is what this feels like. They were like, oh my gosh! It's not related to a movie in any way. We got to fix that, which it's not necessary. You don't have to have everything. I know. I guess is it a case of like Lassiter just like being oh, in a yeah. lousy Let's mood? Let's blame it on him, right? Yeah. I mean, like him going in and like there's not enough Pixar stuff in the parks. That's a, and, and also, like, I can see and him also, totally I never doing talked that. to you about this, Rob, but your John Lassiter present <laughs> is, is excellent. <laughs> I mean, I thought I was sitting across the table from him. Special guest John Lassiter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing a Hawaiian shirt, so oh, I you can't really get into character. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was what was throwing me. But that's what annoyed me about it. It was like it is a good area of the park. The rides are great. They didn't require any kind of significant change or anything like that. It just, yeah, I agree. It seems unnecessary. Yeah. And really, if you're going to retheme any part of Pixar Pier or Paradise Pier, it's the part that they're not touching. The off-the-shelf rides, the freaking Golden Zephyr. And the <laughs> Jumping those, jellyfish. Those are the crappy rides over there, and those are the ones that are not changing. Right. I mean, California Adventure in itself, the theme was always a little janky. You know, it's just California. Yeah. In California. <laughs> the, weird, right. the weird part is, so it's, it, it says it's going to close January 8th with the Cove part, with the Cove part, Cove Bar reopening briefly in April. What does that mean? Like, how do you shut it for three months, four months, whatever it is, then reopen it, and then it's like close keeping it again? someone on life support and then just taking them off for <laughs> but like why are they closing it and then killing them? Right? I mean, like, okay, if you're if you're remodeling, if you're doing whatever to it, isn't it just like permanently down? <laughs> Yeah, that's really weird. The logistics are really strange. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's weird that that was part of the original statement too. That they like, like, like those are the kind of things that usually happen but are not publicized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird, but you'll be able to say goodbye to the Cove Bar one last time in April, presumably. I know I was reading some of the stuff on Twitter right after this broke, and it was not being accepted well by the Disney fan community. In, in the way that people were responding to this, it was all, I mean, like 98% negative comments in response. That is not surprising. Which is unusual, though, for a lot of Disney changes. A lot of times you do get some positive response. Right, I mean, think about sure. all... Like a new uh, land. Yeah. Usually a new land is not going to bring, what are they doing? Well, I mean, the internet also is terrible. <laughs> and it, it lends itself to a very, very vocal minority who hates chains and everything sucks. And then they're like, oh, it's not that bad when it actually shows up. So whatever. Take that for what it's worth. But well, yeah, 90, I mean, if it really is like 95, 98%. I read like 100 comments and found maybe two positive ones. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's 98%. Very small sample size, but again, not, not good. So, all right. So, you got anything less depressing for us? <laughs> I guess so. So, Disney Springs announced they're having three new restaurants come. Uh, Maria and Enzo's, Enzo's, Enzo's Hideaway, and Pizza Ponte. So, these are all going to be opened by the Patina Restaurant Group in the landing. Wait, were those three? Yes. Oh, I thought it was, I thought that was just one. Maria and Enzo's Hideaway and Pizza, <laughs> and Pizza Ponte. No, Maria uh, and Enzo's, Enzo's oh, Hideaway, yeah, comma. Pizza Ponte. Three different ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Three, they're all going to be from the way they're describing it. They're all going to be clustered. Yeah, together, like joined. Um, trying to think of an example. Like like sharing that. a kitchen or no? Not maybe. Like I a, mean, like but a probably, combination but. Taco Bell, Baskin Robbins, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> like you ordered the same thing. No, no, because I think these will be three, three distinct. different. <laughs> That example. We need Baskin Robbins and a KFC bowl. <laughs> when you when you hate yourself, but you really also want to hate yourself. <laughs> All right. So Maria Nenzo's is more of a traditional restaurant. Um, it's it's going to be housed in the abandoned airline terminal from the 1930s. Um, just traditional Italian cuisine. 
the one I'm excited about is Enzo's Hideaway. So this is going to be a speakeasy type place, um, and they're going to pour Pro- Prohibition era cocktails at its tunnel bar. Hmm. That means expensive. <laughs> is that what that means? Yes. Yeah, that's like Prohibition era cocktails. It's very similar to like the style of cocktail they have at Paddlefish, which is ridiculously overpriced. Uh, you know? Yeah. I was thinking something along the lines of uh, Abracadab Bar. We need a replacement. Yeah. Current help one. The the, uh, the the logo is kind of interesting. Uh-huh. And it is called Tunnel Bar. Oh, that's cool. So Enzo's Hideaway Tunnel Bar. Okay. So, and then Pizza Ponte is a fast casual concept. Just pizza, Italian sandwiches, pastries, espresso. Okay. Two new Italian restaurants led me to the suggestion of a pizza around the world oh, <laughs> challenge. I could do it. A slice Sign of pizza from every restaurant in Disney World. Pizza? No. No. I'm not into that. No. It would have P- to be Pizza Far is atrocious. Well, it would have to be the different pizza because like Pizza Fari and like if you go to Pizza Fari and Pizza Rizzo, it's the same pizza. Same pizza. Right, yeah. right, so right. Not so you would like have to go to like Blaze and Via Napoli right, places that have different the, pizza. You're not talking about like you're not Disney including pizza. the homogenized like cardboard pizza that you but, can like, get. But like if you like went a, with like eight ooh, people to, to, to decent restaurants and got one pizza, the pizza I get store. what you're saying. There's enough of a pizza yeah, uh, yeah, selection. Yeah, now. yeah. That's my point. <laughs> That's your pizza point. <laughs> pizza Ponte. Pizza Ponte. Yep. <laughs> All right, so there was a big brouhaha this week with uh, Disney um, blacklisting the, the Los Angeles Times from their press screenings. So I mentioned this, I think, last episode or two episodes ago about the, the Los Angeles Times did a deep dive on the relationship Disney has with the city of Anaheim and the, the political climate there. So it went back basically to before Disneyland existed, the whole relationship and, and what it is up until today. And so I should say that and not a lot of listeners, this is like really inside baseball type stuff that like really hardcore Disney nerds may or may not know about. But to kind of summarize it, the relationship between the city of Anaheim and Disney and Disneyland as a whole has always been tumultuous. No, I wouldn't describe it as that. Early either. on, mm-hmm. early on, they it wasn't. They needed Disneyland. They, yeah. saw, they were seeking out something. Let me say for the past 25, 30 years has been fairly tumultuous. Like, at the beginning, they were happy because it provided so much um, of its economy. I mean, Anaheim would not be what it is without Disney. But then, once Disney really got pervasive, then... There's been a lot of push and pull between the denizens of Anaheim, the government, and Disney. And that's basically what this LA Times article was digging into. Yes. So Disney was upset about this and decided not to invite the Los Angeles Times to a screening of the new Thor movie. Um, This got out in the press and a bunch of other publications came to the defense of the LA Times and said, we're going to now boycott any Disney movies, so the the Washington Post, New York Times, AV Club were amongst them. A bunch of uh, critics associations released a joint statement saying we're we're gonna now boycott Disney. So <laughs> Disney quickly reversed course on this and allowed them and said they had dis- productive discussions with the Los Angeles Times. So it's all over now. <laughs> it's. How do you guys feel about this, Catherine? I feel like you've got good stuff to say about. No, it. I, I, I don't. We listened to a podcast that a, a movie podcast about this that really deep dove into the issues, and I'm not going to say anything that's my own thought. It's going to be regurgitated. I'm going to go ahead and say Matt's going to regurgitate a lot of the same sentiment too. So I don't want to act like these are my own thoughts, but I think the overlying issue here is. Disney usually doesn't make mistakes like this. This yeah. is like a major screw-up. Yep. Major. Um, and they don't usually do things like this. Like, they aren't in the news for, like, little mistakes. That is a well-oiled machine, the Disney company, Disney Studios, Disneyland, Disney World. And it's, like, how how does something like that happen? Yeah. Like, did one employee go rogue and just, like, like it just, it, it just seems like, 
like if that went across the desk of Bob Iger, that wouldn't have happened. Like, yeah, I wonder at what level does the do the is that like Alan Horn making that decision? Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where it stops. You would think somebody higher up has to sign off on that. I don't and, know. That seems like a pretty minor decision in the whole scheme of things until it becomes a problem. Like. Who gets your invites to your screenings yes. is a minor decision until somebody gets upset about it. It seems like a knee-jerk reaction at first until you like kind of look at it from like a bigger picture sense where it's like, ooh, the concept of free press is now um, being questioned and it's a big corporation like, you know, blocking the, the little man and then all of a sudden it's Disney versus free press and all of a sudden what was maybe a knee-jerk reaction of being like oh yeah I don't like what you wrote so you're not allowed to see our movie becomes this huge thing that kind of spirals that like whoever was in charge of it at Disney clearly wasn't thinking the blowback no, was they weren't be this thinking great. big picture they were probably thinking ah eh, minor retribution whatever we'll move on <laughs> yeah so and it didn't play out but Disney way. didn't back away from the like they basically said it was because of the article that was written. Yeah, and it's it, weird which because, is weird. Like, like everybody knows that Anaheim and Disneyland have these like issues. Like, if you follow any of the development of Disneyland, like back to like Westcott, and like, and just even currently, you know, we we talked about last episode that they're planning this hotel. Disneyland is in a very contained area of Anaheim, and they don't have much room to grow. So maybe back in the 50s, they had a little bit more freedom, but now they're confined to a certain area, and they have to kind of play by Anaheim's rules. And, you know, they're in Anaheim, they're blocking the Airbnbs, and, like, you know, transportation is being blocked. Like, they had, like, this trolley system that was all set up that was squashed earlier last year i want to say so like there's always some crazy story in between anaheim and disneyland that i mean it's not like people don't know that this stuff is happening like if you want to know you would you would know like you do the research like i mean unless like they really thought a lot of their fans were gonna have backlash because of their reputation with the city of anaheim i mean or like whatever it is changing their spending patterns based on that I, I think I think Disney was upset with how the what, what was said in the article and how they exposed some things that were probably kept under the under the rug and I think that's what because when you read the article it doesn't necessarily paint Disney as you know like they're looking out for shareholder value and doing what they're responsible to do so like I think I didn't even with Disney colored glasses on, or like yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. Like that they, they were ripping them, mm-hmm. you know. So it, w- it just seemed super odd for them to go and do this. Yeah, it seemed like a weird like they got weirdly defensive about yes yeah. yeah. to w- to the point where, as a person on the outside, you would be like, "Well, that's suspicious," you know. Like it's like, what are you what are you so defensive about? Right. Like so, it's weird. And this kind of leads into, like, just the the concept of Disney kind of making some strange, uh, big decisions that may or may not have big ramifications in the grand scheme of things. The next thing is what happened with Fox. Yeah. So Bob. it was interesting. So I I typically don't have <laughs> business channel on at home. <laughs> I like CNBC or Fox Business, but. Um, I had Monday off because we got back super late Sunday, and for some reason I changed the channel, and it happened to go on CNBC, and I'm like on the couch, and I'm dozing off, and I hear about Disney and Fox, and like it's just seeping into my subconscious. <laughs> so the big news Monday afternoon was there was a report that Fox and Disney were in serious talks for a sale of 20, 21st Century Fox to the Disney company. So this would have included um, 20th Century Fox movie and TV production operations, the FX networks, and National Geographic cable, along with a whole bunch of... Fox owns a whole bunch of international channels huh. overseas that we're not aware of. It would have included that. But it, wouldn't have, it would not have included like Fox Sports, um, Fox News... Um, oh, shucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Fox Sports channels. 
So, I don't know. But it sounds like the talks have stalled. I, there's nothing more. They, they, they said this was in October, um, and the rumor was that the Murdochs, who own Fox, put right. this out there to see if there was a market which there, it. Which clearly there is, because, you know... Yeah. So there's there's two sides to this, and it's the thing that I immediately thought, which is like the dumb nerd in me. But I know our friend Pat. <laughs> our friend Pat texted me when this came out, and he was like, "You mean we could get X Men back?" <laughs> and like, which is cool to think about. Like, wow, Marvel could then have all of their properties back again, and you could have Fantastic Four back from Marvel Studios. You could have X Men, and you know because Marvel has done just such a good job with their cinematic universe. But then you think about it, like, in the concept of, like, monopolies, and you're like, oh, so that means that Disney has one of the big four of, you know, uh, broadcasting channels, and that's a lot of stuff that Disney has. And it's like, is that really such a good idea? As much as everyone at this table loves Disney and the things that they've done, is it really healthy from a business or a social standpoint, to have one company have that much power? Because I don't think it is. And that's just a knee-jerk reaction. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I'd have to see what the rest of the landscape... I haven't done enough thinking about that to make a informed... I, I think the best... And this isn't... I'll preface it with... This isn't my thoughts. I wrote, read a bunch of different analysis and things like that and it said um the the thing that i thought was most true was disney's tv um volume isn't that much i know they have the disney channel and abc and and things so if they're looking to launch a uh streaming service to compete with to compete with netflix and hulu and things like that they need volume right i mean you can't release uh something with if you're going to ask somebody to to pay $10 a month you have to have a ton of stuff so I I thought that kind of makes sense if they get access to all this television Um, but then it's scary like I watch some things on FX you know like The Americans is one of my favorite shows in the last 10 years like does a Disney owned channel put that on TV (laughs) I don't know. There's I mean, it's, great, there's a lot of great like right. boundary pushing on TV yeah. on FX. Yeah, not not sure how Disney would release American Horror Story. Right, right, that, <laughs> and that's that scares me from like a, a content standpoint. Like, yeah. I want to watch the Americans and like yeah. not have it change Disney fied. I mean, yeah, it's not something to watch with <laughs> little children. children but right. I mean, I I love that show, so it's like. That I think that kind of gets to the whole idea of monopoly. Like, is there enough outlets for, or do, I don't know. Does Disney change? Do they put stuff out like that? Yeah, it's, they obviously have an interest. If FX was included, like the idea of Nat Geo sounds cool. I mean, because yeah, they the, already have the Disney the like, nature stuff, nature. right? Yeah, which would I think they could do a lot of cool stuff with Nat Geo, but I don't know. I think you're going to see a lot more consolidation, though. As Disney realizes they have to do something because they just had their fourth quarter earnings and everything's down besides parks and resorts. Right. And, I mean, they're just bleeding. ESPN. ESPN. Is the big... Yeah. There's rumors of 100 layoffs coming to ESPN again soon. Probably by next podcast. Wow. That's my little. Your insider. My little, yeah, it. my little tease. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I. And they said, um, CEOs right before they go out like to do some of these major deals, and cement their their place. So, maybe Iger has one more big one in him. <laughs> yeah. Not that his resume needs yeah. to be padded. Yeah, right. I mean, the legacy is already pretty right pretty stamped yeah so yeah I mean like he met us like yeah. no that's what I was that's, 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 that's the high point that's what I was obviously. referring to <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, sure that's, that's at least a chapter in his memoir a full chapter <laughs> <laughs>
And WDW Happy Hour, the animation studio. Scott wasn't there. I was pretty disappointed because I'm a regular listener and friend of the podcast. He, uh, he has messaged me multiple times I'm about sure. that. Sure. Yeah. You guys have not been able to meet up for lunch, which is um, yeah, bummer. You're a busy one guy. You know? One day. You know. Yeah, he's got to make time for you. All right. So, um, like I just said, we got back from a trip on Sunday um, and the sole purpose of this trip was really Scott and Holly running <laughs> their, well, I, I was going to say half marathon, but it was really two events. Two course challenge. The two course challenge. So you guys want to talk about your run Disney experience? Absolutely. Um, I, I think the, the thing that if you have never done a run Disney run before, and I, I'm sure Holly and Rob will attest to this, they are so early in the morning. So it completely controls your whole trip as far as when you're getting to bed and you know you have to be there on the right day so that you can go to the uh, expo to get your stuff so you do kind of if you're doing one of these run disney races or certainly one of the two course or three course races you've got kind of got to structure your trip around your races so we did both of us did the 10k which was on saturday and the half marathon which was then on sunday which meant that we had to be down for friday to be at the expo on friday so we went down thursday evening all four, all five of us went down um ton of fun they're always great but uh i think the half marathon was closer to the marathon in terms of the stuff that they had laid out on the course and the level of you know involvement of the parks that you're going through i think my only disappointment and holly you can speak to this or, or maybe you disagree they didn't run the half marathon through magic kingdom and i feel like they could have it, it would have been didn't long it start enough in the parking lot? it started in the parking lot so you're so right, you're like there right there the start, way before magic kingdom opens and it wouldn't it was early enough that it wouldn't have been right. yeah and they snake you around enough too before you head to animal kingdom that it really felt like you could have just taken a quick jaunt through the castle and out out the back entrance or something like that but uh i don't know did you feel that too yeah it seemed like it was possible and just eh. other than that though i i like how they have it finishing it's a very similar finish for both of those races to where the marathon does so you go through the boardwalk area hollywood studios and then through the countries in epcot but uh i had a good time i really did they had some really awesome medals for it too. Oh yeah, the medals were. Those medals were cool. They looked like little passports and like train. Yeah, little tickets, tickets or uh, luggage tag. Yeah, it was transportation themed, which it seems lame, but it, <laughs> I know, right? I trust you, it's not. <laughs> Plus, then there's the fact that food and wine was still going on through all of this, so you you do have to balance your drinking and eating with the fact that you're going to be running at. 5.30 in the morning the next day. You guys are very diligent, both of you going to bed at yes. reasonable times yeah. the, the night before your races. So you A know. little more so on Saturday night than... I think we stayed up pretty late, I thought, on, on Friday, Friday night. Yeah. Which, that was just before the 10K. Yeah, just six miles. Just yeah. six miles. <laughs> I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> From a spectator standpoint, I enjoyed the time we spent on... So... The, you guys, Matt and Catherine, didn't see the 10K, but I got up and went over to the finish line at Epcot for the 10K, and that was boring. I just sat there, and like you just see people finishing, and you can't see much from there. But then we went and watched the half marathon from the entrance to the beach club, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for out by the boardwalk there, and that was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, you see... You see some interesting characters, for sure. Literally. From the costumes, yeah. Yeah. Um, And just cheering on the people. So I would do that again. That was fun. I think as a runner in one of those races, you appreciate it, too, even when it's not people you know. You know, just having people along the course like that is a lot of fun. People like yourselves are into it, so it ends up being a, a cool time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was fun to watch. I enjoy watching. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, though. I mean, just how early. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's so... It's almost prohibitive, because you've got to get up at 3.45 in the morning to get to the bus by like 4.15 to get to the the course 
by the start time of 5.30, depending on what corral you're in. Yeah, it's it makes for it. It really controls your trip. And when you guys did the, was it the, no, the uh, dopey, dopey. The dopey. It was four races in a row like that, which that completely dominates a whole weekend's yeah. worth of time. Yeah, you feel like you need another vacation after that. Right. And this was this was one I guess they used to do in the evenings, if I'm not mistaken. Right. right? The, they did. That's interesting. Yeah. But like uh, after park closing. Yes, and then they. Had I think like it would go off about ten o'clock or yep. so. Wow. Okay. I like the night races a lot. And they don't do them anymore. Yeah, that that Those seems like cool. that would be more fun to me because I've never done one of them at night. But I, that's speculative on my point. Yeah. The only one I've ever done was at night, and it was really fun. Was that Same. the Yeti one? Yeah, the, the yeah, Expedition, Expedition Everest. Everest. Everest Challenge. Yeah, and that one was cool <laughs> because it was a 5K followed by a scavenger hunt in the park, and now it was night. And then afterwards, they had a private party in Animal Kingdom with like uh, like a dance party with some of the costume characters, and it was cool. It was It was a really cool event. And, I mean, I have no other point of comparison for any other run Disney event, but, I mean... We didn't have to get up early. That was cool. That was cool. But, yeah. Like it didn't. Like it was like. I mean, and that was back in the day when Animal Kingdom wasn't open at night too. So, so that was a right. very so that was, that was a yeah. neat perspective, and you could ride Expedition Everest at night. And and now that's old hat, but back then <laughs> that was like a big deal. I was impressed. I mean, I from I took the bus to the 10k start line, and I went with you guys to the the expo. I was impressed with the logistics this time around like i've heard horror stories of waiting for buses and um buses being crowded and stuff and i just thought we barely waited for anything yeah they were well prepared it was and the expo itself was really well run and um the the store where they they had that entire floor it's an indoor sporting facility i don't know an arena basically that they had the entire floor dedicated to run Disney stuff. And, I mean, when we did Dopey, they they had this little... Like, imagine, like, um, Mickey's of Glendale yeah. at uh, D23. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, and, and, like, just the snake with the, the markings on the floor. But this, you just went in. And the register, that took maybe, like, 10, 15 minutes to get through. But... Um, uh, really, really well run. It's nice. funny you should mention D23 because I feel like Disney could take a real tip from the way that they run their expo and their their races and carry that over to the way that they run D23. <laughs> the only problem with yeah. that is is that... Mostly third-party right, employees. The, the, Dis- the run Disney events are Disney employees. Yeah, so you don't have that same touch with the people who are working at the convention. You just yep. don't have the same level of control as you have under, you know, of people who are in your, you know... Disney employees, so fly your employees out to California right. or you have, have it in so Florida. Many. And, and they do, but I think they just need to supplement it with so many that just because of the scale of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. But they do, they, they did do a very good job with this one. It seems like they're getting better every year we do it. Just less and less races. So yeah, really well, that's good. True. Like twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, they cancel what half of them now because yeah. of what was in California. Right, it's brutal. So, any other things you'd want to highlight for this weekend? Anybody have anything they want to talk about? I'm trying to think oh, of the whole weekend or you new mean? stuff yeah, that yeah. we did. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say something which may be controversial, but I I feel like I did not do everything I wanted to do this weekend, which is like sure. hard to say. Like you're going to <laughs> Disney World for two full days. Like, of course, you're not going to do everything. Um, but we had wanted to go to some specific places and I feel like we didn't really do that and I don't I don't know why we had a lot of things that we had on our plate um but the one thing we did get to do which I thought was really unique and cool was we got to go to the Magic Kingdom and see the World Series champions on their parade um so we got to see George Springer um Altuve and Correa in the what? Matt, Matt <laughs> was like <laughs> faded breath seeing if I would get those names right. I was very impressed that you all three was, those names. I'm just going to tell a funny little story. Um, so in the hub grass, they had they were like doing a taping. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. 
And George Springer was there and he had like hats and pennants and the crowd was really going crazy for him. And he was throwing them <laughs> out of the crowd and like we're kind of on the edge. And Matt's like, oh, they're throwing, away, they're throwing out hats. Well, yeah, and they I were like, like Houston Astros 2017 World Series championship <laughs> hats. And I was like, that's cool. I and I was like, well, get in there. So Matt is a Mets fan and he had his New York Mets hat on. Before he goes into that crowd, he just very suavely turns the hat backwards. So <laughs> as if George Springer made eye contact with that hat, he'd be like, no hat for you, you dirty Mets fan. New York Mets? Gross. <laughs> They're still in the, in the MLB? How'd they let you in here? <laughs> I can see you doing it all like... like I know, that's exactly... Like, it was like, just like the... <laughs> I'm also not a backwards hat guy. It makes me feel... I don't know, I just don't... Uh, you don't like the Ken Griffey Jr. look? Yeah, you no disrespectful one, yeah. <laughs> youngster. Yeah. Me and the me and the kid are very very different people. Now I'm I'm actually gonna disagree. I thought that it was a little underwhelming. It was one I, float. No, it it was, but I'm just saying it was cool. Like we're not ever gonna. See oh no, it, it's it a only happens. Experience. It's just like once a once a year. It right, happens and, once and a year. Yeah, you have to time your trip right that you're there for. Yeah. I mean, you can you can know you know when the Super Bowl is, and most likely when they're going to do that. But it just happens. Yeah, and like I'm a huge stance. baseball fan. Yeah. I know that you know. Actually, mostly everyone at this table are pretty oh, big yeah. baseball yeah. fans. I and mean, if we're going by sports, I mean, we all really like baseball. So, well, um, I think it, we should kind of also identify the fact that we were trying to decide where we rank this in terms of what we would do. Would, would we go to this? Or you guys had Midway Mania fast passes. And so there was a bit of an internal debate among the team here of whether it's more valuable to go to the Houston Astros parade through Magic Kingdom or keep, or your, <laughs> keep your Toy Story Midway Mania fast passes, which is a legitimate debate, you know, whether or not. Yeah, I mean, if you for, don't care about baseball or if you don't like, or if. Like, you didn't know any of the... Like, say you like baseball and you watch the World Series, but you didn't really know those three players, and they would just be like, okay, they won the World Series. And, like, yeah, maybe you keep your fast pass. But for me, I mean, this was a great series, and I really like the Houston Astros as a team and all three of those players. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to skip my fast pass. And we I come too, here all the time. Yeah, that's the thing, too. For us, we, we've ridden... Yeah. You probably rode... We rode Midway it that morning. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> for you listeners out there, don't worry. We did not miss Toy Story. We we woke, I, I did, like, though. I did not yeah, get to ride. Didn't even go to the park. Yeah, I was, the only no. time I was in Hollywood Studios was running through it. Mm. Mm. I really wanted to go to Baseline again. That was one of my yeah. weekend failures. I, I did want to go. And I think we would have had we had not Gone. traveled to yes. the Magic Kingdom mm-hmm. to see the um, parade, which was cool. I mean, there were a ton of Astros fans there, presumably, or maybe there were Mets fans that just <laughs> turned, turned their hats their hat around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you flip a Mets hat inside out, it actually has so a it, Houston yeah. logo on the inside. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a big conspiracy. Well, it's not a well-known fact. Yeah. You know what I did enjoy about the parade, though, is that there was absolutely no, like, crowd or weight. No, it's like, right. Like, you just... And it wasn't, and it also was cool, and this is a weird sentence I'm going to say, but bear with me. It was cool that it wasn't as organized. And what I mean by that is, is that so much of Walt Disney World has turned into such a rigid experience. Like, you want to meet a character? Line up and meet that character. You want to see a parade? You better get there an hour and stand in these designated areas behind these specific ropes. And if you don't get to that, then there you have to go somewhere else. This was just like... You went over and I was like, did they pass through here in Liberty Square? And, um, you know, one of the cast members was like, yeah, really, you know, we're not roping it off or anything. You can kind of stand anywhere and it's cool. And you know what? Sometimes you can count on the guests to self-govern. And they were like, okay, like, we're going to stand to the side because we know what a parade is and we know, like, <laughs> that it's going to come through here. So we're not going to get in anyone's way. And it was like, it was... I mean, it wasn't like lax. It wasn't like they didn't know what they were doing, but it was a it was a breath of fresh air to have an, a Disney event that wasn't so rigid and structured. I agree, with and you. it it harkened back to pre you know, pre. It's, it's funny you my ask, Disney experience. It's funny you asked that because I actually tweeted at them maybe a half hour before asking them what the parade route was because they thought like it, it was only one float. I thought maybe like. And they would just come down Circle Main Street just gonna and drive like that, it wherever and, they felt and, like. and that was it. Did I, they I respond? Didn't know. 
like six hours later. They're like, sorry, did you miss the parade? <laughs> that was the WDW today. Sorry, oh, bro. Twitter. Yeah. We'll rub it in a little it, it bit. It was like we'll that night that they finally <laughs> yeah. It would be hilarious if they were just like, you missed it. It was sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you, did. yeah, it was cool to, getting that close to the players and stuff. Like the one guy, I guess it was Correa, like, was pointing at Matt and being. Matt was loving Matt I had you on video talking to him. You're awesome. You're awesome. Yeah, Carlos. Such an amazing kid. You're such an amazing kid. Yeah, and then me and him went back and forth, and he knew all of the of Crush's lines from Planning Game of the Musical. It was fairly remarkable how much of a fan he was. Alright. Speaking of Animal Kingdom, we did do. I totally forgot it was on my my goal list to go to the dawa bar in animal kingdom mm, yeah because we had never been um <laughs> my heart broke a little oh, bit yeah. 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 it would have been really funny if you just ended it there <laughs> like that was your full though. review um <laughs> i don't know what the second reason is but for uh, okay so, <laughs> so so i ordered a beer uh, um and uh it was poured for me, and my husband actually ordered it. God, this kills me. I forgot. And he handed this. it to Matt, and like he kind of fumbled with it. So I'm talking two centimeters from the top, fell onto the bar. And so the gentleman wiped off the bar, and he actually cracked a new beer just to fill up two centimeters. And I... I was very observant with this gentleman, and I watched him. <laughs> Which well, initially is really nice. Like he did not have to do that. Yeah, like, he like I wasn't it expecting from the bottle it. into the glass. In the exchange, spilled a tiny bit from the glass, and was thoughtful enough to be like, "You're gonna get a full beer, so I'll open up a new beer," which is like totally cool. But then he sat the open beer next to like the garbage can <clears throat> hole behind the bar, and I just stared at it. <laughs> and like I think we all just kind of stare at it. I saw. I I specifically. I was like, "What is he gonna do with that?" Like I know. Like is the, someone and, else gonna spill? And then one I saw what he did. Like he put it. It was next to like yeah, the register yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so, we were all eagle eyeing <laughs> beer number two. I know. So so finally, like you know, we're settled. We're talking. You know, we all have our drinks, and then a few more people come up to the register, and homeboy behind the bar throws that full beer. Into the garbage hole. And we were all like, no! <laughs> like, and he didn't, like, and, and, and mind you, he had opened it five minutes prior. Yeah. Like, it was a perfectly it was good hole. It was still oh, cold. For sure. And the way he did it, too, is like a very, like, swift movement of just like. Like, I think he knew we were all staring at it and was like, oh, yeah, these guys are going to give me crap if I throw this away. It was just like, uh, like, like a cat at any other bar like like wouldn't you think of but yeah it was like a cat knifing something off a dresser like we were just I was floored by this alcohol abuse yeah it was, it was that really, is abuse yeah, yeah it was really really sad and so wasteful I know like it yeah. really like I would have paid I would have paid for that or I would have been like yo I'll give you like five bucks if you give me that like I would have bartered for it I was so upset, and honestly, I probably would have stayed, because one of you guys got a watermelon drink that was really good, and I would have gotten that. Holly, was that you? A watermelon, like... I think I got one that was watermelon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was you delicious. were sweet. You got the watermelon. Yes, it was delicious, and I was like, you know what? I would have stayed here, but... No. See, I, I loved Holly's drink. What, the, what did the, Holly get? Uh, I don't that? know what it, but it was oh, basically. Oh, 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 I know. It had rum in it. It was rum. It was a safari, not punch safari, or something. Not safari sangria. It was. Safari. It was. Um, but it it reminded me of like the jungle juice if you've ever eaten at Boma, and I think they serve it at like Tusker House. I, I don't think it's exclusive to there, but it was like the the juice. Lost on oh, safari. I tried to look it up. Safari. Snitching had, my page. Yeah. Yeah, I did that too. I was trying to look it up and stitch it. Two different kinds of rum and then a Pangani punch. Whatever that is. It reminded me of the jungle juice, didn't it, right? I mean, with alcohol in it. It was good. And then, Scott, did you get the mimosa? Was that a mimosa? No, he got the tequiti punch. Which is snow leopard vodka and thirst quenching watermelon lemonade. That's the one I got, tequiti punch. Yeah, I mean, definitely... I, I mean, of all the bars in Disney World, 
ah, that ranks pretty low for me. Yeah, I was um, underwhelmed. Yeah, I didn't realize it was just, just that so little. open and like there's not a lot of seating and like you kind of feel is that Tusker House right there or is right. that yes okay yeah. So Tusker House, like the waiting corral is right there. So you're like kind of mixed in with like families and kids and strollers. Like if there's not a seat at the bar. So I don't know. I was underwhelmed. I would love to pose a question to our listeners because I had the, I had the thought in my head, like, do I say something about it? (laughs) Like, do I say like, whoa, why did you throw that out? Like, and it wouldn't have helped anything because it wouldn't have unthrown out the beer, but like. I wonder, as a listener, if you saw that at a bar and you saw a bartender throw out, like, a full beer, do you say something? I mean, I think we all... I don't... Like, I'm just thinking you I don't, but... Yeah, you know, because... You could say something, like... I think maybe I'd be like, oh, that killed me a little inside. Or, like, something, like, yeah, maybe a joke some kind of, of it, joke? like, like, yeah. Where, like, you're not... He, uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say, I, I wasn't really digging him. <laughs> um, like, before he threw out the full beer, I wasn't really loving, like, he seemed very, like, cocky. Yeah, like, yeah. like, oh, yeah, like, this is my spot, and, like, everyone who knows me here, and, like, there was an old guy sitting next to us at the bar, which, you know, you do want to have a rapport with the bartender, but, like, was like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, we'll be back in a few weeks, and we'll come ask for you, so it... He seemed like he was, like, the king of the Dawa bar. <laughs> and I wasn't feeling it. Um, I'd much rather just go to Pongu Pongu and walk around Pandora. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. Pongu Pongu is a better spot. Like, not for seating-wise, but I like the drinks. I mean, the mar margarita. Yeah, but like, when your bar is in the same park as Nomad Lounge, you got to do uh, a better job. Like, geez, like if I, if yeah, I wasn't true. in Pandora or something, I, I would maybe stop there for the, the drink Holly had. And like walk over to Expedition Everest. It's not a hangout. No, it's not a good hangout. Grab something and and grab and go. Yep. Um, Anywhere else? I will say Rob and Matt and I went to Jelly Rolls pretty hardcore the one night. (laughs) Yeah, the Uh, night before the half marathon. (laughs) I felt like I ran the half marathon. (laughs) Yeah, you guys looked like you ran the half marathon the next day. Oh boy. Um, yeah, the, well, the, the other purpose of this weekend is one of our friend's birthdays who was celebrating down there, and he loves piano bars, so we went to Jelly Rolls that evening, and, uh... I had a great time. I did, too. I've been, yeah. We've been to Jelly Rolls a lot of times before, and, and that was definitely the best it's ever been, and it was the most crowded it's ever been. I've never, ever seen it as yes, crowded. me neither. And maybe it's because we tend to go there, like... Weeknights. Weeknights, like, on a Thursday night. Clearly, it's not... This was a Saturday night, <clears throat> and it was... Yeah, it was packed, like, absolutely packed, and the crowd was really good. The performers were great. Yeah, it never subsided either. I thought, no. like, oh, because there was a lot of older folks there, I thought, like... Oh, they'll start clearing out, like... Not at all. No, oh, and we left earlier than... I mean, we our, we left a bunch of our friends who were still there who were going to stay until bar closing, and the energy level and crowd really didn't dissipate all that much. So. What, it was after one? Yeah. Yeah, and it was still bopping. And I think there. the reason it's always dead also is because we try to go in after they stop charging the cover. Yeah. So, so, this like, is maybe an obvious question, but that's like the only place in Disney World that charges a cover. Um, does the Atlantic Dance Hall charge a cover? Well, it didn't the night we were there. (laughs) Have they ever, though? I think they have at one point, like when it was good or like back in the day when they first opened. There were a lot of places when Pleasure Island was Oh, yeah, when Pleasure, like when downtown Disney had Pleasure Island, you know. Yeah, they were like the the Adventures Club, the Comedy Club, the the Beach Club, they all, they all. So is it like a a vestige of Disney like past old. or what? Yeah, but but usually like piano like piano bars usually have a cover. Right. So that's what I'm thinking is that's like typical whether where you are in the world I if mean, you go to a piano bar. You yeah, I guess it's cover. just like to me it always feels like we we suggest, you know, go to Jelly Rolls and I'm like, "Ugh." Cover. It's, just, it's it's also just because it's just so inherently not Disney. Like you can go to a piano bar in any major city and have a pretty much identical experience, aside from the fact that like these guys will know more Disney songs. Yeah. Oh, they did play the Carousel Progress yeah. theme. I just remembered that. <laughs> I totally oh a lot of my night is totally <laughs> forgotten. So, but I will I will say something about Jelly Rolls that like I read online the day before we went, and I was like, oh, I gotta remember that, and like. This is freaking awesome. So they have this deal every night 
they have a red solo cup deal. So there'll be a drink of the night and a red solo cup, like a huge red solo, not like yeah, a typical, is... like a big, like. That's almost double, like, like a 24 like 24, ounce. 24 yeah. like 28 ounce red solo cup, a big, big ass red solo cup. <laughs> and whatever the drink of the night is, it's just $12. And I think I, it was Lynchburg lemonade the night we were there. It was friggin' delicious. Actually, that was going to be my topping it off, but I didn't do it. <laughs> um, but it held me over for a really long time too, because it's so much alcohol and like it was a mixed drink. So like I didn't ha- feel like I, like if I have a beer in my hand, I'm pretty much like constantly drinking it. But like it slowed me down and it was so, so good. So like you could get like a decent deal and really for the volume of alcohol you're getting for that price, it's a really good deal. I mean, think about like the Jen's tattoo at Nomad Lounge, which is probably like a 10 ounce drink and mm-hmm. you're doubling that. And I mean, you're not doubling the price. So we should also say how much was the cover per person is $12, $12 a person, Just, which is oof. pretty substantial. That's one Lynchburg lemonade and a red solo. Yeah. Cup. You have to, <laughs> you have to plan that you're going to stay there All at night. least like it's not a, a minimum two hours. Yeah. It's not and, just stopping in. Cause that did, that stopped Holly and us from going there. Cause we were like, well, we are going to have to get back to the room by like 10 30, 11 o'clock to get to bed for the race. We're not. Yeah. You would have gone in for one drink. Yeah. That wouldn't have been worth it. Would Correct. not have been But worth for $12 for, say, two hours, I think it's worth, like, I enjoy myself. Yeah, me like, too. It was really fun. The, and it just, even if you didn't drink and, like, you just went to listen to them play, like, I could listen to that all night. I know. Yeah, they're, they're really good. Somewhere else that we went that, I mean, that I've been to a few times, but just for special occasions, is the Atlantic Dance Hall. And that's one that I <laughs> always make fun of because I'm like, what is this? Like, what does it want to be? Who actually, like, likes this? And we kind of were like, well, it's late, and we're just trying to get a drink. And it was one of the places that were o- that was open, and it wasn't charging a cover. And we're like, you know, let's pop in. And it was dead. But I should say, I had a great time. They were like, <laughs> first of all, it's so funny because it's so spacious, and it really does have a big identity crisis that it's just like it doesn't know what it wants to be, and there's a DJ, and he just looks miserable because, yes, like... because no one's into a it. A DJ who's up there for a couple hours, and, like, no one cares. Like <laughs> There were, like, four people on the dance floor. Yeah, and then, like, but then, like, we got some beers, and Catherine and I were out there dancing and just, like, whatever, like, let's just have fun, and I had a great time, like, just... And I probably would have had a better time there than if it was like packed because like i don't do clubs it's not like my thing so i actually had a good time if you don't have to pay a cover like well i think the reason we went in there is because we had been at kimonos all night we left kimonos to go to the new dolphin bar which they had stopped serving like the minute we walked in um and then there aren't really a lot of other places to like grab and go on the boardwalk so we were kind of like racing the clock and it was like what 10 before one at this point and we were like Okay, last call's happening right now. Let's all get beers real quick. So, I mean, it was... And we got to hang out at Atlantic Dance Hall for like a good 25 minutes. Yeah, I mean, we weren't there long at all, but... but I feel like even if they just remodeled it a little bit. Like, I felt like it was straight out of like the 90s. Yeah, like, it looked like the Scar- bars are Scarface-esque. Just, yeah, like, just spend a little bit of money, just resurface the bars, and I think people would be more inclined to go in there. Yeah, I don't it know. just seems... Like, it's a nice space, though. Yeah. Like... Yeah, you could do a lot with it. Yeah. I agree. It just feels like it's from a time gone by, and it feels it. But I mean, if there's nothing else open, you don't have to pay a cover. Like, that's you could do a lot worse if you're just looking for a place to pop in, listen to some Britney Spears, and <laughs> drink a Bud Light. I mean, it's what we did there, so it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> fit all the criteria. Yep. But yeah, it was. It wasn't a terrible time. No, it was not a terrible time. Anything else? I don't think we tried much new at Food and Wine. No, it was just just going back for the favorites. We did, uh, they did stay open till 10, I think both nights we were there, which was nice. We saw Illuminations a a total of three times on this trip. Yeah. (laughs) I saw, uh, no, I didn't see anything. We did stay at Pop um, and asked, we both asked for... You asked for a remodeled room, right? Yes. And neither of us got one. So, if you're expecting a remodeled room anytime soon, I I guess it's just luck. But should have told them we were representing a podcast. Yeah, I know. Yep. 
But they have like two built like the two of the eighties buildings are completely down. Like yeah. it's it's a quite a bit of a construction mm-hmm. zone in that area there. Um so I saw some like I looked in the window of the one that looked like it was pretty much finished in. <laughs> there were some people in there like oh, no, 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 no. No. They're like, we're sleeping. It was weird though. They they had the t- like there was nobody working and they had the T V just going. Like I don't know if they forgot to show up. Got to make sure that signal doesn't go out. Stacy. Yeah. It wasn't on Stacy. Summer plumbing. (laughs) Don't. Don't what? I love Stacy. Must you? Must you? (laughs) So annoying. (laughs) Oh, Stace. Mm. Oh, one one last comment. Uh, So we stayed. Our flight ended up leaving. I want to say 9.20 at night was the time our flight left. Oof. Was a long day on Sunday after the race. I think we were talking about it, and we said if you ever are planning on running a Disney race, either leave earlier in the day after it or just leave the next day because you got to get out of your room by like 1130 at, at the latest. I mean, checkouts 11. Yeah, they're not, they're not real big fans of the late checkout. They no. So I, I, I got a little nugget on that too. So, um, we were checking out Sunday afternoon. So Saturday night, I think before we got an Uber or whatever, I don't know. I went down to the front desk and asked them instead of calling and the guy's like, hold on, let me check. And he puts the request and he's like, too many rooms around you already requested a late checkout. I can't grant that. So something I learned is, in, in that case, I guess if you plan on needing or wanting a late checkout, make that request as quickly as possible. Um, I wonder how early they're able to accommodate that request. Or if it's yeah, just like, oh, like, oh, if, like you, if we checked it on Thursday and said, hey, can we get a late checkout? Right. Like, when I checked, because I had to go to the front desk, mm-hmm. I should have asked then. Um I Are you saying like it. even prior to arrival? Is that what you're? No, at? no, I'm saying like if you get when like, like Catherine said, like you arrive on Thursday and you're leaving on yeah, Sunday, I mean, and as you're checking in, go like, "Hey, I'm gonna be my flight's not until you know whenever. Can can we get a late checkout for Sunday? Like, I wonder if that's like a rigid set in stone. Like, we only accept requests for early checkout within 72 hours. Like, it's uh, worth asking. Yeah, he didn't. I my I my piece of advice would if you. Think you're gonna need one? Just ask for it as soon as you yeah, get there. Yeah, what's the worst that they right? Can and say then they say no. no. Just check back later in the week or whatever. Yeah, but um, but your late they, flight did afford you something priceless, which is lunch at La Cellier. Oh yes. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, she came. The waitress came over and was like, "Have you dined with us before?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like two weeks ago." Yeah, yeah, doggy. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> something nice though. They did give. They 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 both Holly and Scott both wore their shirts their uh, challenge shirts mm-hmm. and uh, so they knew they ran the race and they brought out like a little signed like congratulate it was just a piece of paper but like they, and then I guess it was the waiters or the wait oh, staff nice. all signed it like congratulations cool. so that's cute that was yeah, a nice little it? touch that, that nice. they didn't have to do and well Celia is great they are great great yeah I've never been disappointed ever no I agree. Any last call items from anyone? Mm. No, not really. No. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a long weekend. I felt like three days seemed like six. For, yeah, for how me. did you feel? I did not feel that no. way. And I don't know. I, I'm I, I'm not feeling well right now. So I don't know if I was coming down with something. Because the one day we were at Splitsville. And I am usually the one. I mean... After Rob, I'm usually the one that wants to party. I like to drink. <laughs> I'm one of the first ones to start drinking out of the five of us. And I knew I did not feel 100%. We had lunch at Splitsville, which was very good, by the way. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, good waiter, too. Yeah, great waiter. Um, that, you know, I wasn't feeling like going out. And I just felt, here. here was my problem. Here, it all boils down to this. Some of us had responsibilities in, at night, and by responsibilities, meaning like obligations at night, and some of us had obligations in the morning. So it was like every day, it was really early, really late, really early, really late. And I can't, I can't do too many of those <laughs> days right in a row. Like I need to have like a late night and then a late morning, and yeah. and it was too much. And I We're felt too old. We're yeah, too I, old. I, I did feel. Anymore. I, I felt pressured to try to do everything in the small 
small space. Yeah, and I feel like it, it just takes like two or three days in a row of like a certain lack of sleep or like throwing off your pattern, and I'm like, I'm gonna get a cold. Like my body's just <laughs> like, you're not doing this right, and it just shuts down. So like it's one of those things. Like I totally get it. Yeah, because we really wanted to do a few things like for you, the listeners, and that we didn't do, but. That's just an excuse to go back again. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to say something. I forget. <laughs> you have. I will give you. Did you feel like it was a seconds. long weekend? No, I did. I I did. Like it, it was. We. I think we were going through security at the airport. I'm like, oh my god. I feel like this has been like a week. Really? But yeah. I did not feel like, like that, but. I, also, I, I don't and know. I don't know whether that was because we were getting up early and then kind of napping for an hour at like 10 a.m. Those it was two breaking days. up the days. Yeah, it seemed like extra days. I don't know. Maybe that that was the case. But <laughs> you had like an early morning ad- magic yeah. hour. Yeah. But I'm ready to go back. I would do. I would so. do a, a double race again like that someday. I just like the one race weekends myself. I think that's what I'm probably going to stick to in the future. Yeah, you just, you just for... can't make many plans. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know? Especially not at night. Yeah. Plan accordingly, people. Yeah. Um, so it seems like we're pretty much wrapping up. I do just want to say one thing. I know I say this on pretty much every other episode, but if you are enjoying the podcast, please take time. If you haven't already, I know a lot of you have, and we really thank you to rate and review us, especially on iTunes. Um, if you're not already, please subscribe, um, follow us on our various social media channels, uh, YouTube, um, like us on Facebook. Um, it just really helps other people find the podcast and then, um, that helps us out because we can, you know, keep, um, you know, creating great content for you guys and, uh, connecting with more listeners, which is the name of the game. So if you haven't already, um, we'd really appreciate it. So... Anything else? No one has any last calls? No. No. All right. Leaves us with one thing. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.